listener production. Just a couple of happy boys popping out a daily podcast. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hey, hope you are having a good one this fine Thursday morning. Alex Dyson and Matt O'Kine with you here, and we've got a pretty uh, jam-packed show, Daiso. We certainly do, Matt O'Kine. Did you get along to see Wu-Tang in Australia? Oh, I missed it. I just missed it. I, was, I got an invite. I got an invite. Uh, someone's saying, hey, I'm going to go check them out in Brizzy. You're going to be around, and I happen to be in Sydney. Uh, you and you living in Sydney. <laughs> I, I know. If only there was some way to know. Um, <laughs> well, it's quite interesting because whilst they're up performing massive shows, uh, one member of the Wu-Tang Clan has been out doing something extremely unexpected, at least for, for me, who doesn't keep tabs on their every move. We're going to be having a guest who sat down at a table across from Jizza, and let's just say they were opponents it's quite unexpected events that unfolded. Hey, we've also got a mind blown for you. It's going to be an absolutely ripping Thursday. Please stick with us. It's Matt Nikes all day breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt Nikes all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, have you ever fought a traffic offence? Dude, we talked about it the other day. I am going to court soon. Wait, <laughs> awaiting my court date <laughs> because they fined me 180 bucks for picking up the car next door car and putting it back where I picked it up from. Oh, that's right. 15 minutes after. <laughs> someone wanders past and goes, this is no good. I've been back there. I went back there the other day to collect evidence for myself, for my own court case. <laughs> You're representing yourself. I'm representing myself. You're going to wear the and speed dealers. And no, of course. Snakeskin shoes out the front. Going to head down to Roger David and get one of their... <laughs> Make their sure your rat's tails... Looking sweet. Okay, but no, I look, took video. There was another van parked in exactly the same spot. No, no sand, standing signs on either side. I, I am I am bloody sitting pretty. Okay, okay, fine. One of my biggest regrets, Alex Dyson, is when I, I mean, I, and I've got lots of regrets as well. It's not when I dropped out of my AFL team. It was a budding AFL career you had for a while there. Mate. Yeah, I had to drop out because I, my acting teacher told me that if I kept playing AFL, I'd hurt my face. So I had to tell all the, the boys <laughs> I was not going to play anymore because I didn't want to hurt my face. It's not when I <laughs> decided to launch my comedy career in front of 1,500 people at the Melbourne Town Hall Raw National Final. I mean, honestly, you, Matt O'Kine what, being worried about messing up his face is like someone driving their Corolla down the Demolition Derby <laughs> and going, nah, better not. It might get a scratch on it. <laughs> hey, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> I'm, I am more of, I'm a thinking man's barina. Thank you very much. I, I am tight and compact and cute as a button, mate. <laughs> now, um, shout outs to Toyota if you want to sponsor the show. Um, we could go um, and edit that car brand in post. It's not when I tried to launch my comedy career in front of, in front of 1,500 people by using the opening joke, hey guys. <laughs> you I just had a sh- thought of like half an hour before. Yeah. Can we say? Hey guys, I was having a shower before coming tonight. Oh, no, wait. I mean, I was coming in the shower. Oh, I still cringe. Sometimes I'll lie awake thinking, what? Why did you decide to do that on national television? Yeah. Anyways. Joke. Always got to get the, get the crowd on side from the opening. Oh, my God. Anyways, look, I've, so I have many regrets. But one is that I didn't fight the fine for when I got Done for driving in the right-hand lane without overtaking someone. And I know I could have fought it, Alex Dyson. Nah. Did you say, oh, you can't do it? You can't. I can't. I could have. There had been nah. a huge storm. There had been a huge storm, 
there had been instances where tree trunks had been, or tree branches had been on the road in the left-hand lane on my drive from Brisbane to Sydney. So I could have easily said, I was worried for my safety and I thought it would be better because right. around any turn there could have been a branch and I, that's why I was driving in the right-hand lane. Well, that would have been anyway. a reasonable argument if you had the, uh, had the data. But you know what? I, but I mean, no, no excuse to beat a traffic offence is going to be better than a Sydney driver recently. Did you see this gentleman, 35 years old? Oh, yes, I did. All sort of lunchbox snack news I've got a Google alert for, and this one came up, and I thought, yes. Well, he got fined for using his mobile phone, right, along Anzac Parade in Moore, at Moore Park, 7.36 p.m. Nighttime is important because it was dark. right? He's, he receives the notes in the mail, been fined $352, five demerit points. <laughs> Thank you very much for driving while holding a phone. But his defense lawyer, as reported by various news outlets, Benjamin Go, used the Le Snack defense <laughs> at the Downing Center local court on Monday, arguing his client was simply trying to have his afternoon tea. And was opening a small plastic container with one compartment of, you know, <laughs> cheesy, cheesy dip goo. goodness. <laughs> Uh, the other part, what, three biscuits? Three, yes! <laughs> the magic number when it comes to packaged crackers. Now, to be fair and to be really clear, this gentleman was actually trying to open a pack of Dippets, <laughs> the Aldi version of a Uncle Toby's Le Snack. Now, I've got even more sympathy for this guy <laughs> uh, as someone who would always have off-brand, uh, <laughs> Ian Dyson getting the off-brand Lunchbox The take treats. twos. That was it, mate. <laughs> Forget your Kit Kats. Head down to Franklin's, no frills, and grab yourself a take two. <laughs> For lunch. Oh, I love it. Or even like, remember when Dick Smith started bringing out all these different biscuits and they were very obvious recreations? Yes. I think these Tim Tam ones were called Temptons. Did you- <laughs> <laughs> And they just made the P barely physical in the middle of the... M and tins. Do you know that this guy was given a packet of dippets in court and asked to demonstrate how he <laughs> peeled it open? <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> While sitting with like the steering wheel in front of him and that kind of thing? Like literally. <laughs> and then it says, the story says he held the cheese dip in his right palm and used his left index finger and thumb to open the cracker end. And what did the lawyer say then? If the dip don't it, you must acquit. <laughs> So anyway, because oh. it is, because it is Barry. <laughs> now I'm thinking of all the, the, the dramas. Matthew McConaughey standing there. Now just imagine. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, he deserved to dip, and I hope he dips in hell. <laughs> you uh, can't handle the dip. <laughs> Oh my god! Ah! How am I meant to sing my parody of Faker's heart attack? Yes. To Carla Snack now. Do it. Okay, just imagine the two thousand and eight Australian band Faker and their song "This Heart Attack" to this. Okay, ready. This car, this car, snack. 
I gotta beat the charge. These cops are whack. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that is. We've. Parody Week will continue tomorrow. <laughs> Well, it's, it's the grand finale of Parody Week. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. So there we go. <laughs> this is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Now, Matt O'Kine, some legends of the hip-hop scene have been touring around Australia. You might have even gone to see them this week. The Wu-Tang Clan are on our shores. And um, there's been I've been seeing a lot of Wu-Tang jumpers, you know, more than when I was in about year eight and Wu-Tang and FUBU and Dada were at the height of their powers when it came to tracksuits. And i got to tell you, it's it's back. Oh, mate. I mean, they're very, well and truly in the zeitgeist at the moment. I mean, did you see Rihanna and ASAP Rocky named their son RZA? Wow. RZA Athelstan Mayers, uh, which was only just announced a couple of days ago, celebrating the, their little guy's first birthday with an Instagram post that was captioned, Wu-Tang is for the children. Happy first birthday to my firstborn son, RZA. That's it. Well, there, there's plenty of people around. I mean, we, we think of RZA, we think of Ghostface Killer, and we think of Jizza as well. But what I didn't realize was as well as being one of, you know, one of the most seminal hip-hop acts going around, Jizza is actually quite the purveyor, one of the most ancient games we have, chess. And That's if- right. Isn't it good when, I mean, this is the thing. People think rappers are all about the money, the guns, the drugs, the mm. girls. Mm. But instead, we're talking about a different type of, I don't know. Gang face-off. Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. And uh, and I love it. Absolutely love to hear it that uh, Jizz is a big fan of chess and someone who actually not just, uh, you know, was able to watch, spectate uh, a chess game where Jizza was playing, but actually play in a tournament that was hosted by Jizza is a very good friend of ours. That's right. Please welcome him to All Day Breakfast, Seren Jayamane. G'day. Hello. Thanks for having me. I uh, I did. I got to play the Jizza I, I'd just like to point out, though, very quickly, what is it about chess that you don't think brings the drugs, the money, and the girls? Okay? <laughs> That's where well, it's at. Well, well, Saren, um, you better tell us how long you've been playing chess and whether you've been across. I, I think the last time we talked about chess on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast was the accusations of cheating, which regarded a vibrating instrument placed in an unexpected area to tell a particular opponent to do some moves. Exactly. It's a sexy sport. There's, uh, there's anal beads, there's rappers. I think I, I think more people will be getting into chess like before too long. It's going to be the renaissance. Now, tell us exactly where you were and what happened, Seren, because I, this sounds like qu- quite a room to be sitting in. Yeah, I, it was uh, it was a community church, and there was they'd emptied it out. They put a big table up the front and a massive screen, and they were basically it was a tournament where if you get through your little round robin of three matches, you get to go up against the Jizzler himself, one of the goat MCs, <laughs> one famously known for his love of chess. He raps about it, you know. What could be cooler than that? And so uh, I was lucky because my my girlfriend entered me into the competition. I think I haven't played competitive chess since about two thousand and one. Wow! So right. it's been a was while. This a- yeah. So I I kind of I basically she entered into me into it, and I just I was like, well, I I got to give it a whirl. I, I went along, and I didn't really expect to to do anything, but just sort of see how I go. 
And it turns out there were, I would say there were more Wu-Tang fans than chess players there. <laughs> I was going to say, did you just wax the competition to get to the sort of final against Jizza or was it, was it a little bit tough? Pretty much. It was also a whiskey promotion. So I think there were like a third of the people were just there for the whiskey. Half the people were there for Wu-Tang and whatever the little fraction that's left that could play chess. It sounds to me like you're one of those guys that hits the casino, one of those poker sharks that hits the casino at three in the morning every single Saturday to absolutely clean the pockets of all the drunk (laughs) lads who think that they're heroes. Dropping that is, in. That's pretty much it. It's sort of it's like Kramer doing karate with the eight year olds. That's it. So are you you're obviously a chess fan from way back. Are you Wu Tang clan from way back? Yeah, I love the Wu Tang clan. I would go as far as to say I was I was flying Wu Tang colours more than chess colours yesterday. I thought I didn't think I didn't know what the quality of the competition would be. And so I thought, look, at least if I just get to see Jizzer in the flesh. I wanted to go to the gig. I think they played at Rod Laver on a couple of nights mm-hmm. earlier, but I was away doing roadshow stuff. So missed that, had to sell my ticket. And then I was like, well, who cares? I'll just, I'll go, I'll catch him in the flesh. That'll be sick. And then, um, then it turned out that, yeah, no one really was that good at chess. And I, I, I was in the room and literally thinking that maybe, you know, Jizza wouldn't show up till later in the night or sure. something, you know, you know, like sometimes these, it's more, um, Everyone's waiting around, and then yeah. it's actually a bit of an anticlimax. But the at the moment I started to play my very first game, he came in, and as soon as I saw him, this muscle memory kicked in from like twelve year old Saran competitive chess, and I just <laughs> I went laser focus there because there were people standing around watching and stuff like that. I just all of that disappeared, and all I could see was the the you know. 32 pieces or whatever there is on the board. And just like, I was almost like that, the girl from um, Queen's Gambit. I was just seeing the pieces move in my head, (laughs) seeing combinations unlock before my eyes. It was glorious. And and it's the speed chess as well. Like you have to make your move and then hit the little clock next to you to stop your time, don't you? Yeah, it's um, both sides get three minutes and the clock's ticking whenever you're thinking about your move. So you've got to, while they're trying to think about their move, you've got to be trying to, yeah, just see predict what they're going to do and be ready to go. And, and you you can only use the one hand to move. The same hand has to touch the clock. It's, <laughs> there's all these, you've got to be aware of the rules and, you know, business behind you. They, for some reason, I've never, back when I was 12 playing competitive chess, they didn't have a DJ there. There's a DJ there. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's drinking some whiskey around Whiskey you. and yeah. stuff, yeah. And so, okay, so let's, let's you've, you've beaten your three other competitors or your, uh, two other competitors in the round, Robin, and it's time to face Jizza. Okay, this is someone who you look up to. This is somewhat of a hero of yours. You're sitting opposite him in the table. What happens? How does it unfold? Well, I reckon he's he's my theory of why I beat Jizza. He's there. He's playing. Wait, you beat him? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if I I was better at storytelling, I probably should have left that for the end. But but I've led strong. (laughs) But I – no, because – so – Essentially, he was playing uh, – there were so many people playing chess and he, all you had to do was beat three people in your little round robin and you got to play him. And I think they were probably he, – he played 15 games in total. I would have been the 10th game, I reckon, that he played. So he was ten. He was nine games deep by the time I sat down in the chair and I can't – they called my name, name out. I was sort of a bit – I didn't know when I would be and when they called mm-hmm. it, I had to run from the back of the room to the front and 
it was enough time for him to get bored and pull his phone out. Oh. And so when I sat down, he was looking at his phone and I thought, I've got a chance here. He's distracted. He's a bit <laughs> bored. He asked the guy for a water and the guy didn't come back. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make the first move. Let's play. And uh, and I'll tell you what, Jizzer is a very aggressive chess player. He was, he was trading pieces straight off the bat. So he just went full Leroy Jenkins and just charged <laughs> at you off the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wanted me to know that Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to f*** with. And, uh, <laughs> But, but he, the problem but, is, he would have been protecting his neck, but was he protecting his queen? <laughs> well, he, he took my queen first. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's very he's going very hard. He went real hard. And then uh, I kind of figured out, though, that he, um, like, I think he got a bit complacent, to be honest. He was mm. up early, and I saw that I had a bit of time advantage on the clock. So I thought if I just let it, if I just play speed now instead of strategy, maybe I'll, I'll get him to run out of time. And that literally we got down to, I probably had three pawns. He had four pawns and then he's flat. He ran out of time. That was it. He would have, he probably should have beaten me, but. Uh, oh, but, but you played the wrong game. That's great. Good work. Was- Seren. We, I can't believe we're talking to a champion today. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, letting us know what happened. And uh, and was there any parting words that Jizza gave you as you walked away with the, uh, with the win? Well, I because you just played him, and then he, then they were gonna. It's like a real cattle call. They were about to bring the next guy up, and I sort of wanted to extend the experience a little bit. So I, I started putting the pieces back in formation, <laughs> <laughs> which is not my job. They had someone. They had a helper to do that. Yep. But he he looked at me and he said, "You don't need to worry about that, brother." And I, that's life advice that I'm going to take, not just for that <laughs> situation, but to the rest of my life, I think. Now, Whatever. Yeah. now I should ask you as well, Seren, um, when I was working in radio, I got to interview a lot of hip-hop artists. It was very different from meeting other artists because I would usually go and stay, extend the hand to shake hands, sportsmanship sort of I know low. But ask. with hip-hop artists, the hand's usually up with fingers to the sky. You clasp, bring it into the chest. Did you do a handshake, good game handshake, with Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan after you beat him in chess? We didn't. There was, there. Yeah, unfortunately, there was a fist bump to start it off and then just a regular white man's handshake to end it. But, uh, <laughs> what an experience. No, Thank you, Seren. Well, with a in between, incredible. it's very difficult to get that hand up. And uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Thanks very much. Congratulations, Seren. You're our new hero. And uh, we look forward to, you know, f- hearing about the time that you destroy Lil Wayne and Backgammon. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a game of Operation up with Method Man too. <laughs> well, that is interesting. Are you going to um, find a way? You're an incredible uh, stand-up as well, Seren. Are you going to be able to get any material out of this at all, do you reckon? I think, I hope so. In this day and age, 2023, every experience is worth milking for content, right? And that's one of the best experiences of my life. So it's got to end up in a show sometime. Well, I hope this weekend at Comedy Republic can do that. Are you heading out on Roadshow as well? Can people see you uh, out and about? I am back. Uh, Unfortunately, this this peak, I'd love to say that Mildura, Echuca and Mansfield was was one of the highlights of my life, but it it has been topped. (laughs) Only just, it has been topped. Oh, well, look, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Seren, we'll catch you next time. All right, see you guys. Good people of all day breakfast, prepare your minds. It's time for Mind Blown. Oh, 
Yes, that's right. This is the segment where I, Matt O'Kine, attempt to blow your mind by letting you know one of the facts that I've picked up across the week. Um, this particular fact was brought to me via one Bron Doizak, our producer Bron extraordinaire, who passed on a TikTok via the account at lost.archives. Um, this is a very well liked account, but the fact that was on this, I thought, no way. Is right. That true. You thought, okay. absolute baloney. Exactly. Now, it involves... What a, is baloney? I think it's some sort of cured salami-style meat. Mm. Um, now... Hey, well, that, maybe that's the mind-blowing, how they is, make baloney. It's it's like a sausage, like a ham sausage-style, mortadella kind of thing. Um, okay. <laughs> you ever heard of Robert Liston? Robert Liston? Okay. Now, Robert no. Liston is known as the fastest surgeon... In the West. All right. Now, this guy in the 19th century was known for how speedily he would do his amputations. All right. And how he would quickly, he'd do his surgeries. Because this is in a time before adequate anesthetic. Right. So (laughs) people needed this to happen quickly before their parents, their patients became hysterical, Mm -hmm. before they would bleed out. It was serious business. And this guy could chop off a leg in two and a half minutes with a saw while he was with a knife between his teeth, sawing at your leg until pop, it lands in a bucket of sawdust to the applause of the watching doctors in the, in the wings of the theater. Oh my God. Right. So this is, this is a little story that has been, um, you know, verified by the Atlantic.com, but also just in general by lots of places that you read about this particular person. The fact is, in this particular, and I encourage you to read it. It's pretty. It's a pretty incredible stuff. Who this person was, the fastest knife in the West End. Okay, mm. only one of every ten of Liston's patients died on his operating table at the London's University College Hospital. Okay, that's compared to nine the out nearby, of ten back in the day. One out of ten died. Whereas, sorry, nine nearby, out of ten survived. Yeah, yeah, but whereas the nearby St. Bartholomew's lost about one in every four people in surgery. Okay, I mean, so now they no, 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 have, they wouldn't. Not, have, wait, wait, wait. They wouldn't have had you know. Google reviews back in the day, but surely word got around of those statistics. <laughs> well, that's it. People were waiting in the in the waiting rooms, like, and he would just do it no matter what time of day. He'd he'd help people out. He'd love it. But so they'd roll over from Bartholomew's and like, don't worry about that. I'll take my chances with Listed. I'll have the line because you know at a restaurant where they like, oh, it's going to be about a fifteen to twenty minute wait. And you're like, oh, I could just go to the dumpling place next door, but these ones are yeah. pretty good. But you're going to get a bit more than food poisoning if you choose the wrong place here, mate. We're talking, it's all over Red Rover. No, Mm. Robert Liston was so fast that he was well known for doing a couple of things. But sometimes, right, for instance, he took off a patient's testicles with the leg that he was supposed to be amputating. Okay, so he was just, he he just started hacking. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the fact. This is the, this is the fact that he is most famous known, most famously known for his most famous mishap, as it's uh, called in the Atlantic.com. It's an op- this is an operation where he was moving so fast that he took off his surgical assistant's fingers <gasps> as he cut through the patient's leg while switching instruments, right? Mm-hmm. Slash the spectator's coat. This is okay. only the one surgery. This is all while it's happening, okay? Yeah. The patient and the assistant both died from their infected wounds. Yep. And the spectator was so scared that he apparently died of shock. All right. 
The fiasco is said to be the only known surgery in history with a 300% mortality rate. Yeah, that's that's um, that's the uh, putting the draw two on top of the draw two there. Just kept <laughs> doubling up the damage. This is wild, Bobby right? Liston. <laughs> and people still lining up, you know? Yeah, like that's, wow. That is wild. But, I mean, I just think it is incredible. It also just makes me so glad that I don't live in the 19th century. That would have been rough. Stuff. I'm sure we'll look back on weird things that happened to us, you know, like now and go, I can't believe that's how they did it back then. Oh, I, I, I said it to our listener, 16-year-old listener, Sarah, earlier in the week. You had to call the home phone when asking someone out. Like, it, it was, that was the dark ages. Forget, <laughs> forget, buddy, the bubonic plague, mate. <laughs> home phone landline. That's, that was the real one. Oh, that is right, Alex Dyson. And as always, we ask you to send in your mind-blowing facts that you've picked up over the weekend on at matt.n.alex on Instagram. Just like Jess has sent in this mind-blowing fact about methane. Hi, Matt and Alex. Jess from Nam here. I've got a mind-blowing fact for you. Did you know that cows are not the biggest producer of methane? In fact, rice is the biggest producer of methane. Mind blown. What? I've never heard a rice fart. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Where does the methane come from in the rice process? I don't know, but imagine if your rice did fart. All of it oh, in every the one bowl. One. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be popping off all morning. Just <laughs> so the rice would immediately get banned from a few cultures' weddings, <laughs> throwing farts all over the bride and groom. No, thank you. Imagine if they said sorry every time. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I am. A, I'm a professional. I'm an actual professional. <laughs> I think, Matt, I think much like the police are driving, I think podcast hosts should get demerits for certain <laughs> offences. What if, what if, what if, what if a little rice followed through? Like, oh, it's a little bit of congee in my pants. <laughs> does, that, does that work? I don't think so. <laughs> no. I don't know. I mean, a bit of rice okay. pudding. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Nah. That's a. I think we're having a double demerit day today. Thursday <laughs> okay, today, fine. mate. You're going to take my strip, my license. Yeah, potentially. All right. I'll see you in court. Thank you very much for listening to us today. Really appreciate you hanging out once again. If you'd like to get in touch, hit us on the DMs, matt.and.alex, or of course, mattandalex.com.au. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.